Welcome to Soul Talk with Wara, the show shaping our world through meaningful, engaging, and entertaining conversation. Here's your host, Wara Grant. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul Talk with Wara. I am your host, Wara Grant. I am so excited about this show today. Um, I have today with me the very beautiful, the very talented Dr. Cicely Ann Clark Ganhart. Um, I really appreciate you for joining the call today um, and just coming to speak with us and share with us, you know, just your wisdom on intermittent fasting. So welcome, Dr. Ganhart. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love talking about intermittent fasting because it's such a powerful help. Uh, health tool. So hopefully um, people will find this beneficial. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have known about fasting. Well, since I was a little girl, you know, um, our church would call fasts and, you know, I was always familiar with it. Uh, but then recently um, people are now doing a lot of research, right, about intermediate fasting and all that. But before I even get into that, that's you can tell I'm already so excited, <laughs> but I have to read your bio, right? Yeah. I gotta let people know who who is this oh, woman. <laughs> so that <laughs> me. I got it out of myself. So Dr. Cicely Clark Ganhart, she is a triple board certified physician in maternal fetal medicine, uh, obstetric, obstetrics, and gynecology, and obesity medicine. She began her interest in incorporating fasting as a technique to combat obesity after her own personal struggles. She's personally reversed her own metabolic syndrome, which includes hypertension and glucose intolerance. She lost over 50 pounds with incorporating intermittent fasting and low carb. Her special interest includes preconception weight loss, particularly among women with PCOS. And in order to decrease the risk of complications during and after pregnancy, she is um, a mother of three sweet energetic boys. She's a wife and she may not know this, but I, I think we spoke about it. Um, I remember you from the engineering building in, at Michigan State University. And I always realized, I was like, I wonder who she is. Because we didn't have a lot of women of color in the engineering building. And when I finally found out who you were, and now think about it, about 15 years down the road, I am talking to you. So this is a, truly a privilege. So welcome to Soul Talk with We're a Doctor. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for that kind introduction. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. So, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, before I jumped into my, <laughs> my questions, I wanted to kind of understand what is intermittent fasting? Because, you know, this is kind of new, right? With all this research behind it, like I said earlier, I knew it more as, you know, something that the church would say, oh, hey, we have Lent, you know, fast, but I never understood the scientific uh, facts behind this. So can you share, what is this? What is um, IF? Yes. So I think it's very interesting, um, one, that you point out your memories of it, um, of fasting through church. Uh, because I think a lot of people have gotten away from fasting, but it's important to recognize that fasting is not a new tool under the sun. Many religions have 
practiced some form of fasting for over thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about getting back to fasting now in modern society, it's a very simple concept. It's just giving your gut a period of time to rest. That's it. And we make it more complicated because we live in a society where we eat constantly, you know, six small meals a day. Many of us are eating late into the night, way past after the sun is down. Many of us are hopping up first thing in the morning and getting like a breakfast bar or something, you know, as we walk out the door. And so it really is fasting. It's just giving your period of time for your gut to rest. And when your gut rests, you have other self-renewal properties that go on in the body. Wow. Wow. So how did you, you know, I know that you are a, you know, you're a, a doctor, right? A physician, a, a physician, and now you're doing IF and I never really saw both together. I, I just haven't seen anybody that kind of does both. So how did you discover IF and how did you, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I um, actually stumbled across a book um, a few years back. It's called The Obesity Code. So if people are interested in learning more about it, I think that is probably one of the books um, that'll give you the most bang for your buck. Um, that's by Dr. Jason Fung. Or there's also a book called Delay, Don't Deny. And that's by uh, Jen Stevens, who's not a physician, but explains intermittent fasting. And so in um, The Obesity Code, they were talking about different protocols like fasting for 16 hours or 18 hours or 24 hours. Um, and the thing that kind of clicked for me was just the science and how they explained why this works and why it's not just another fad. Um, the thing I also want to point out, people don't necessarily realize that your sleeping time also counts as your fasting time mm. when you're doing it um, sort of like for intermittent fasting, right? For the health benefits. So, um, you know, you're fasting when you're sleeping. So it's not that you're necessarily going, you know, 16 uh, hours straight of waking time. Okay. You, you can sleep through some of your fast. And so looking at that, um, I tried it out on myself and found really good results. And then when I um, started cleaning up my uh, diet even more, then, you know, I saw even more uh, results on top of that. Um, and once I saw that it worked for myself and started researching it more, I felt comfortable recommending it to my patients. Wow. And when I was reading um, your bio also, you know, I saw one of the certifications you have was the, um, you are an obesity uh, doctor. So what is that? Because I mean, I've never, this is really new to me. I've never, it's not something that you hear so much about. So how, how does that, how does that work? And you said something about it being a disease. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh my God, I've been sick all this while. Yes. So I think that that's one of the things people have a misconception that um, obesity is a lack of willpower or you just weren't motivated. And so that's why you have extra weight. And that's why I'm really glad that I went and got my certification in obesity medicine, which is a newer certification. Um, but it went through more of the disease process of obesity. Like what actually causes it? Because 
I mean, you know, I'll use myself for, as an example, right? I'm a physician. So that means I went to medical school for four years. And so we're not even counting like, you know, undergrad and high school and all that time. Right. But I went to medical school and then I went to residency for four years. And then after residency, I did three years on top of the four for maternal fetal medicine. And then I went back and got a certification in obesity medicine. So I put in a lot of time work and I was still overweight and I was still obese, but clearly I have motivation and willpower in order to do that coursework. So I think the problem is we don't have a good understanding at the population level as to what causes obesity. And because of that, we don't address those things. We just tell people to go run um, or, you know, don't eat donuts. And it's, it's so much more than that. And so that's how I kind of came full circle to become more involved in obesity medicine, because I really wanted to spread with people that it's not something that you need to feel ashamed about. It's not that you're lazy. It's not any of these things. It's just that you haven't been given the correct tools to actually transform your life. That's powerful. That is, that is so powerful. And, you know, so do you think that, you know, just like some of these popular diets that we've seen historically, um, you know, I've heard about the low carb and this, this summer diet and that one, do you think this is something that is going to pass or, you know, is this, is there really research and science behind it? There is research and science behind it. And so the first thing I want to stress as we start to delve into the science is that you have to look at this as a lifestyle. Um, and I really want people to see intermittent fasting as a health tool or a general wellness tool with a side effect of weight loss. So this is something that really we should be doing at least several times a week, right? Just for general health concepts. And as our body is healing itself, it tends to then release excess weight or, you know, do other things that maybe you were trying to achieve. So when we look at the science behind it, um, and, you know, there are other factors, so I'm giving kind of like, you know, yeah. a short version of it, but we look at insulin. And so there is um, something called insulin resistance, probably a better way to think about it is actually insulin excess, too much insulin. Um, but when everything is working correctly in the body, insulin actually serves as a hormone to tell us, hey, we've had enough. But the problem is because we don't give ourselves time to rest between meals and we're constantly stimulating insulin. Insulin is then causing us to store more fat because it's also a growth hormone. So you're storing more fat, storing more fat. Well, how you mobilize that fat is when you give insulin a break and give it time to go to low levels so that you have to use that fat for fuel. But if you're eating around the clock and then also eating after dark regularly, you're never really allowing your insulin levels to decrease. And so that's why it becomes difficult to lose weight. So what is one of the most efficient ways to decrease your insulin level? It's fasting because you're not using your insulin to a high degree when you're not eating. And what comes with that benefit is not only weight loss, they've shown uh, through research that's when the body does self-renewal properties. So like anti-aging, removing damaged cells, so a form, of a form of cancer prevention, removing damaged proteins for from the brain, so potentially prevention from Alzheimer's. 
Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. And so that's why um, I tell people, you know, yes, you'll, you'll lose weight with intermittent fasting, but don't just do it for a weight loss tool because after you've lost the weight, there are reasons to continue to do it. Mm, wow. And, and I just wanted to say, I think your, your name, the fasting doctor is so unique. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, really, it really is. It's like, it's just out there. It's like the fasting doctor. It makes so much sense. So I love it. Right. <laughs> so I deviate a little bit. You mentioned something. You said um, the body healing itself. So from the way we've been taught, right, historically as a little girl, as a little girl to eat is, you know, you eat to heal yourself, right? I've heard the reverse whereby eating helps you be healthy. Eating helps you, you know, grow and everything. And so now you're saying IF will help, you know, the body needs to heal itself. So are you saying that IF can result in allowing the body to actually heal itself? And how does that work? And I just, I'm just really curious. Yes. So in terms of uh, some of the science, so there is a process called autophagy. Hmm. And actually, I believe it was 2016, the Nobel Prize was actually um, awarded to a researcher for his work on autophagy. But what autophagy stands for, it's, um, you know, self-eating, you know, self-cleaning. And what that does is when you are in a fasted state, your body has different signals that become upregulated, meaning the process increases. And so you're increasing your cell's ability to remove damaged tissue because it doesn't have to focus on trying to process all this energy that's coming into the body. So we know at baseline levels, we all have a little bit of autophagy going on because if not, we would be dead. Like they've shown that in different models. If you wow. shut off autophagy completely, a host cannot survive. Wow. But the problem is, is that because we are always in this constant fed state and we're always eating, um, we don't give a chance for autophagy to increase to actually start removing things from our bodies to keep us healthy. And so what ends up happening is you have this imbalance where you're just collecting um, damaged proteins. Think about your garage, right? So some people have clean garages, some people have junky garages. And the person who has the clean garage, right, whenever they get a little excess clutter, they're like, oh, okay, wait, 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 let's, let's put this stuff up. Let's put it in its place, right? And so it always stays in this constant kind of organized state. Well, think about the person who has a cluttered garage. They get another box of, of something and they just put it in the garage. I'm like, we'll get to that later. And they get put another box in. And so six months goes by and they're like, okay, we can't even park our car in our garage because there's so much stuff in here. And so that's what not having autophagy upregulated is like. It's like that cluttered garage or that cluttered room versus the organized room where they're constantly, periodically, you know, if things start to get a little too junky, they're like, oh, no, let's pause. Let's get everything back in order. And that's what your body wants to do because the body is intelligent. You know, the, the body really was designed with all of the things that we need to do to keep it healthy, whether you're using food as medicine and combining fasting. But the problem is we're just not doing these things. And so that is some of the reason why we think these diseases that we have today really are diseases of modern society. Mm. If anything, they're diseases of convenience. 
Wow. That is, I, I just love that analogy of the, the garage and it really brought it home to me. Wow. That is so good. That is really good. So, you know, if we wanted to get started, some of my listeners, myself, this is a little bit new. How do we get started? And how do I know, like, you know, you have the ketosis phase and you know, those, these, these new ways of losing weight. Is there like a phase you get into? But let's just start with how you get started. And then maybe we can talk about um, how to know yeah. you are actually have gotten to that phase. <laughs> yes. So I think if you are brand new to fasting, if the thought of like missing a meal or anything kind of makes you go, mm, I'm going to pause on that. Then I think the easiest way to start is sunset to sunrise. And so we call that, you know, people have terms for everything. You'll hear people say circadian based fasting, which ah, basically means yeah. or, you know, fasting with the sun. And you know, we do have a circadian rhythm where our bodily processes operate differently when the sun's up versus the sun down. That's not just like, you know, talk. That's true. That's been proven by science as well. Um, and so if you just wanted to start not eating after dark, and right now it's summer, so that's the perfect time because it's not getting dark until almost like 9 p.m. a lot of places. So you could stop eating at 9 and then you wouldn't eat again until 9 a.m. the next morning. That's 12 hours. And think about it. Hopefully, if you're going to bed at a decent time, because sleep deprivation can also cause weight gain. If you're going to bed at a decent time, you're going to sleep through much of that fast. And then after you get that down, then start pushing back that eating time in the morning further and further. And then pretty soon you'll be able to do 16 hours or whatnot. Even if you never got up to 16 hours, just the simple act of not eating after dark and delaying eating by two or three hours in the morning is huge. Mm. So do like, like I, I like that part. So do you, if I, if I drank coffee and I'm really thinking about this for myself and I decided to push it out to like 12 and I drank coffee, is that breaking your fast or breaking your, yeah. If, so if, <laughs> There's like, there's a whole controversy about that. So the best rule of thumb is plain water is going to be your best bet. However, you can use fasting supplements like tea, not sweet tea out of a bottle, nothing out of a bottle. Like I'm talking about tea bags that you steep yourself. Like you boil the water and you steep the tea bag, um, or coffee, but the coffee has to be black like plain, nothing in it, just right. And a lot of people can't do that. I'll tell you, it took me about eight months to be able to drink coffee black. And now I can do it, but I, I couldn't do it at first. Um, so what I tell people is if you never get to the point where you can drink plain coffee, that is okay. But then put your coffee in your eating window. Ah, okay. Wow. So what are the, the physical um, results or benefits of fasting? Because, you know, I'm thinking your body's, cl you're cleaning a, a clean garage. If we use that analogy, it looks beautiful. It's relaxing because I don't like clutter. So what are some of the physical benefits or the things you can begin to see in your body if you continue this? So one thing that is pretty apparent if you, um, you know, start paying attention, that's one thing I encourage people to do as well is pay attention to your body because 
don't get so focused on the scale. Look at all the other changes that are going on. So one, um, a lot of people carry around excess water and I don't think they realize it. You'll start to notice that you are not holding as much water. You'll feel like you're using the bathroom more, but that's the body's natural diuresis, meaning letting go of water that happens when your insulin levels come down. So that's one of the first things you'll notice right off the bat, that if you feel like you're swollen often, you'll feel less puffy. Your rings may be looser. Your feet, um, your shoes may fit also a little looser, kind of stuff like that. Um, as you continue to go on, a lot of people notice increased energy, increased mental clarity. Um, and so these are, you know, we want those who doesn't want to be able to function and seem sharper and, and things like that. When we're starting to get more towards physical changes that might be associated with weight loss, um, as you continue to do this, and so I'm not talking about day one. I mean, when you're doing this over a period of months and weeks um, or weeks to months, you're going to notice that your clothes fit looser. So I encourage people to take measurements, take an arm measurement, an arm circumference, a neck circumference, a waist circumference, a thigh circumference, because you should notice that you're losing inches. You're also going to build more lean muscle. And so that's why sometimes people get discouraged when they only look at the scale, because if you're putting on lean muscle, you may not notice a change in the scale. But commonly I'll hear people say, but my clothes feel like they're falling off on me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's the more important thing of the two because abdominal obesity is associated with increased risk of cardiovascular disease, hypertension, diabetes, like you name it. And so getting that waist size smaller by losing that abdominal fat is something that intermittent fasting is really good at. Um, so it, those are just some of the few benefits. There's, there's a lot more even beyond. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. And, um, you know, I know we're running out of time. There's so much I know that, that we, we could pack into this session. But before we even run out of time, I want to just make sure that we can reach you. Uh, and so what are the best ways that the listeners can reach you, reach you just to get, you know, either get a consulting session with you or? Yeah, no, definitely. So my website is the fast doctor.com and then i'm also on instagram on the same handle the fasting doctor and i'm also on facebook same handle the fasting doctor so pretty much if you search any of those either on instagram or facebook or if you go to my website um, those are good ways to get in touch with me powerful wonderful wonderful so well i have two last questions and i had so many more i wanted to ask but i wish we had more time but i'm sure if we set some time up with you we'll be able to get more information um if you are pregnant or breastfeeding is this uh, something that you can get in you know you can do so with pregnancy, we don't recommend intermittent fasting for weight loss per se, um, but you can still practice gut rest. And so the example I give people is if you're suffering from pregnancy heartburn, the first thing that your doctor is going to tell you is don't eat within two to three hours of going to bed, right? Because when you're pregnant, you lay back on a full stomach, all that you know yuckiness comes right back up. It's not a fun feeling. So by you not eating two to three hours before you go to bed, and if you eat, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you have just practiced gut rest, even though it's not, you know, a long period of intermittent fasting. So what I tell people when they're pregnant is you can still do gut rest by not eating two to three hours after, um, you know, 
before you're going to bed. However, you're not going to want to do periods of like 16 hours or 18 hours or stuff like that. Not intentionally, right? You may, everyone sometimes forgets to eat if they're busy or whatever, but you don't want to be on a regimen where you're trying to do that. Instead, combine the gut rest with eating real whole foods because during pregnancy, even though I know sometimes our meal choices tend to suffer, um, you really want to look at those foods you're putting in your body as the building blocks for your baby. So combining gut rest with proper nutrition is helpful. And then with breastfeeding, the first eight weeks of breastfeeding, I don't recommend anyone making any huge changes at all because you need to get your milk supply established. That's the most important thing, making sure you and your baby get breastfeeding down so you can continue to sustain baby with breast milk for a year, two years, however long you choose to nurse. Um, and once you've gotten that down, then still apply those gut rest principles from pregnancy while you're monitoring your supply. And if your supply doesn't drop, you know, after you've tried it for a few weeks of just doing sunset to sunrise, then you can see if you want to increase it any further. But if that milk supply starts to drop, then you need to back it back to just sunset to sunrise, um, which is well within the normal limits of human, you know, physiology. And again, focus on putting in quality nutrition into your body. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I wish I had more than the 30 minutes allotted to speak because there's so much knowledge in what you've shared. And I know, so, you know, apart from, um, you know, reaching out to you on the fastingdoctor.com, um, are there any, um, websites or tools that people can further research or books? You mentioned one in the beginning, which was, I think I wrote that down. It was the obesity code. Do you have any other books that we could probably, you know, look for? Yes. So the obesity code by Dr. Jason Fung, um, delay don't deny by, um, Jen Stevens. Um, and then also I think it's important to look at your nutrition. So I do recommend a book called deep nutrition. That's by Dr. Kate Shanahan, because we'll spend a lot of time talking about fasting, but what should you be fueling your body with when you're not fasting so that you're not just constantly putting out fires with intermittent fasting. You want to make sure that you feed yourself with things that will also help you grow properly when it's time for you to come out of that recycled state. Um, and I think if you start with those three books, like that would just, that, that will be plenty of material to start with. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, doctor. I really appreciate you for coming on to Soul Talk with Wura. It means a lot. And I appreciate you for even making time out for us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, guys, there you have it. I have had um, Dr. Clark Ganhart on the show, and she has shared so much knowledge and wisdom. Um, please reach out to her, www.thefastingdoctor.com. And you know, I know you your life won't be the same, right? Because I'm about to transform my life by doing some more research about intermittent fasting. Again, doctor, thank you so much. And guys, until next week, Stay connected and remain blessed.